gentlemen, to another episode of ENN, also known as Exiles Network News. It is your weekly movie podcast where your favorite film exiles discuss the week's top film news topics. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Chris. What's up, man? Looking forward to it. And by Paul. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. First uh, first time on uh... ENN and uh, looking forward to being part of it. Woo! Nice. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it's your first time on, you know, after we're going to take you out, you know, we're going to get some strippers, going to get some coke, <laughs> you know, we're going to party. So I hope you're, I hope you you're said, ready. You said coke. That's fantastic. I, dude, I meant, I meant like, you know, the, the soda. Like coke. Of course you did. Of course you did. You're like a 10 year old birthday party. We'll have some cake. Yeah. Good. Yeah. We'll do yeah. that. <laughs> All right. So are you guys ready? Yep. Absolutely. Start your engines. Let's go. Over the past couple of weeks, we've gotten like a bunch of Batman, you know, casting news from the long and development Batman film, which is finally revving its engines and about to get going. It's been in development for a long time. So uh, we have Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, Zoe Kravitz as the anti-hero Catwoman. We have Jonah Hill who did a little bit of a hopping in and out. <laughs> you know, he was going to be a cast, and then that was not going to be cast. And, you know, we'll talk about that as well. Then we have Paul Dano, who is finally being cast to play the Riddler. So let's just talk about these one by one. Let's start with Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. Christian, uh, what do you think about the casting of Jeffrey Wright? I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Uh, Jeffrey Wright brings, uh, I don't know if I would, Maybe gravitas isn't the right word. Um, yeah, it is though. But it is. I, I guess I guess it is. You know, I, he he brings a seriousness to the role that mm-hmm. I like. Um, and you know, unfortunately, you know, J.K. Simmons was in Justice League very briefly. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, really, what kind of Commissioner Gordon are you really going to get out of that? Mm-hmm. It's tough to top Gary Oldman, isn't it? Yeah, it's really yeah. tough he's to like top super him. Super iconic. He really is. And poor Pat Hingle. I know he's he's passed away now. But uh, the the Burton slash Schumacher films. That was a different Batman universe. That was kind of a do-nothing Commissioner Gordon that almost harkened back to the 1960s Adam West days. If if Wright can really bring what Gary Oldman brought to the character, I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to his rendition of it. I really am. So I, I like I just like what he brings. Let's see what he's got, man. It's too early to tell, but let's see what he's got. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Paul. What do you think? Yeah, I'm 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 with Chris on this. I uh, I think it's yeah, of the of the castings. It's my favorite favorite of the bunch, including, uh, you know, including the Patterson casting. I really liked him in, for the role. Uh, really liked him in Westworld. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm having trouble putting a finger on what else I've seen him in, but he's, uh, he was in know, Bond. Bond. As the CIA, yeah. the CIA agent. Being oh, okay. yeah. 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 So no, I, I, I like him for the role. I mean, the only, the only downside is it puts a nail in the coffin of the, uh, uh, yeah. you know, that glimmer of hope we had that this is going to be set in the 20 years leading up to BVS, which, uh, I was really, you know, holding hold notes to hope for, but uh, but uh, based on the casting alone, uh, really like it. It's a positive sign, and um, I think in that we're uh, probably not going to get comedy. I mean, that's you know, that's always the concern ever since Justice League. You just you just hope they're not going to jam it full of quips and banter, and uh, and I think so far the this is a positive sign. So uh, so I like it. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with you guys, Jeffrey Wright. He's a very serious actor and he's a really good actor i'm a huge fan of westworld and his work work in westworld is superlative and he's got that 
commanding voice, that powerful voice, like everything he says is just like more important. You know, I love so the guy's voice. I really do. His, yeah. his, his talks with with Batman are gonna be epic on the GCPD rooftop. You know, with the bat, you know, signal in the background. I can just picture it. It really, it really works. And he has the the beard and the facial hair. Commissioner Gordon always has to have some kind of facial hair, and he's got that going. So I think it's a good look. I'm really, you know, curious to see how that's going to turn out. Um, now, the next exciting bit of uh, casting news has been uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Um, so what do you guys think of Miss Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman? I, I, I don't know a ton about her. I mean, I guess I've seen her in a few things, but never really uh, felt she stood out. Uh, that being said, I, I like her look for the role. Um, and to be honest, I don't. I don't really care who's cast. I think the bigger concern for me is how uh, they're being asked to portray the character. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I didn't like the Michelle Pfeiffer over the top acting like a cat mm-hmm. uh, stuff from, wow. from Batman Returns. Interesting. Are really in exile? Oh, really? I do not like the exiles. Oh, it's cringe. It's just cringe. And wow. and, Hallie, and then Halle Berry took it to the next level with mm-hmm. the try yep. too hard. Yep. Try too hard, Catwoman. That's that that the worst cringe. Destroyed oh, gosh, yeah. Well, absolutely. You, you didn't enjoy her and, basketball skills? She wasn't... Uh, <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> enjoyed her I, costume. I, I, I skimmed through some YouTube highlights of her in that movie today just to refresh my memory, and uh, I, I couldn't even take that. It was uh, it was rough. Um, and then, you know, I, I think my favorite of the Catwoman, and this isn't, uh, this isn't to say I loved her in the role, but I think by far the best was... Uh, was Anne Hathaway, but she's she just looked so frail and fragile. It was hard to buy her in the role. I mean, I liked her otherwise, but um, I, I think Zoe Kravitz is a is a good choice. Um, you know, reserve judgment till we see her. But uh, yeah, I, I got nothing negative to say about the casting, so we'll wait and see. Chris, what do you think? I think uh, Paul he nailed it on a couple things. I mean, my. My wife is extremely supportive of my crush on Zoe Kravitz, so I'm lucky there. Uh, so uh, I have a huge crush on her. So I, I, I've loved her since first class, and I know she was in the Diversion series and, and everything like that. So yeah, she's she's got a she's got a background. Um, I don't I don't know if gravitas is the right word for for Zoe. Um, uh, you know, people. I'm a I'm a comic purist. Sometimes I can. I can be a little bit of an elitist that way. It's not fair, uh, but I, I'm a nerd. What are you going to do? But I think people sometimes get really bogged down with that stuff. And they're like, oh, well, he or she doesn't look like this character and doesn't look like that. Who cares? Who cares? Let's see what she can do in the role. If you're going to compare Michelle Pfeiffer, I think was a completely different Catwoman. Tim Burton went for this crazy, fantastical yeah. world. Yeah. I, I'm with Paul. I, I probably would say that Anne Hathaway might be the best one. But have we really had a fantastic Catwoman on film yet? Michelle Pfeiffer bought a ridiculous amount of sensuality and sexuality to that role. It was incredible. But like Paul said, there was this very like almost like out of control, you know, kind of aspect that she bought to it. And that's because Tim Burton had that strange, fantastical world and universe that he bought. So, yeah. Hey, I'm looking forward to seeing what she can bring to the table. Let's not pass judgment yet. True. Um, Zoe Kravitz. She one thing I'll say is this: she has a look, and when I say a look, I mean it's a particular sort of almost exotic look. You know, she's a campaign model for YSL, like 
I don't know if she's on a lot of like billboards and posters and makeup stuff, like, but where, where I'm at, like she's on a lot of stuff because she just has this very exotic sort of look and she's like really slim. So I think she's going to look amazing in the cat suits. And I can't wait. Well, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, so much. <laughs> um, but on a more on a more serious note, I think it's a, it's a really good casting because one thing about Catwoman is that you have to calibrate, you know, this sort of strong character that's able to physically hold her own to a degree with a sort of soft sensuality that is also on arming, and she has to have like a lot of like sexual chemistry with Batman. She's a femme fatale. They have to play each up, play off each other. So um, it's a very, very difficult, difficult role to cast. Now, this is my controversial statement, and I'm going to say it with my chest. I'm going to, you know, stand ten toes down and say this. I <laughs> thought that Anne Hathaway was a terrible Catwoman. Okay. Banish me. No, oh, <laughs> you know, I don't feel strongly enough to argue with you on that. That's I mean, I think she was the best of the bunch, but uh, yeah. I, I really thought she was too good. Like she, she has this sort of girl next door. I'm a good, like that's the way I feel about Anne Hathaway as a person. She's a great actress, and she worked with what she had to work with well. But I felt that she didn't really have that sort of raw sexual energy that mystery that I feel like great Catwoman should have, at least from the comics I've been reading and even the archetype, like she's a femme fatale, you know, but to me, and Hathaway, you know, had like a good girl, sort of like girl next door kind of vibe. So her, very classy, very cool, but a girl next door. And um, Michelle like Pfeiffer is like, is to me, she's the goat. But the thing about Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, as you guys said, is that, she can't exist anywhere but in Tim Burton's fantastical S&M world, yep. like freaky fantasy, Fifty Shades of Grey slash Batman movie. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, I'm not into the fantastical was, take. Yeah, yeah, it's a different, I mean, you know, Tim Burton is Tim Burton, right? You kind of know what yeah. you're going to get yeah. with him. And, you know, I don't have a problem with Burton, but it's when you get a Tim Burton movie, you're like, okay, this is really, you know, Gotham City is going to be kind of crazy and, and yeah. it, the Art Deco crap. And he's got like statues everywhere. And that's what it's going to be. So you kind of knew that going into it. I think Anne Hathaway definitely is the Catwoman that we would get in a quote unquote realistic world. But you're, while she may be the one I like the best, you're right. She she still had kind of like a goody two-shoes, mm-hmm. a, a goody two-shoes who was trying to be bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You nailed it. I really like that, that phrasing. So I'd, I, I'd like to, I'd like to see a cat. Well, I was just gonna say, I'd like to see a cat when that's a little more, a little tougher, a little more rugged, but natural, not a, not a try too hard uh, there you kind go. of depiction. Exactly. And so we might bring that, man. So I, yeah, I, I think, I she, think she will. She I think she will. Like I've seen her in like Big Little Lies. I think that's her most like intensely dramatic role. And if you see her acting in that, like you know that she's ready. She's ready for this. Absolutely. Now it's it's interesting. Like we all, you know, kind of like the role, but there were some other actresses who were in the running. We had Anna de Armas. Um, she's been like a bunch of really good stuff. She was in um war dogs she was also in blade runner 2049 uh 
Ella Belinska. Uh, she's a British actress, black lady. She's going to be in the upcoming Charlie's Angels movie. And Aiza Gonzalez, who's been in a bunch of roles. She was in Baby Driver. So she, 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 was, she was in that. And they all auditioned for the role. Um, so what, what do you guys think of those alternatives? Would you have preferred any of them? And Catwoman is like the character that everybody seems to have their own personal ultimate fan cast. So I'm really curious to know, like, what is your ultimate fan cast? And uh, we can start with Paul. Tell us, tell us. About okay. Well, you know, I, I like the one they chose. I like Zoe Kravitz. I think, you know, maybe Anna Darmus would have been my second choice. I don't know much about uh, any of those three, really, though. Uh, you know, again, to me, it's how they choose to depict the character that's most important. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a high, high risk of cringe when you introduce Catwoman. So it's got to be done carefully. And mm -hmm. uh, and that's my biggest concern. Not so much who the actress is, but how they're asked to portray the character. And, uh, you know, uh, let's just, just hope for the best. But I think, uh, you know, I think they made the right decision based on, uh, you know, early, uh, early review. Mm -hmm. And so who's your ultimate, like, Fancast, is there any actress that you always wished would be Catwoman? No, you know what? I'm I'm not a big Catwoman guy. And, and, and to be honest, I, here's another hot take for you. I think the entire Bat family just is pure cringe. I like, oh, oh, gosh. oh my God. I, think, I, think, I think the Bat family is atrocious. Give, give, me a, give me an angry loner Batman and a brutal angry loner Batman. That's that's my kind of Batman. That, that's it. Well, I, uh, I don't need three Robins. Three Robins and a Batgirl and a Batwoman. No, no, thank you to all that. If you if you get canceled, I can't save you. That's all. <laughs> I, I can't save you. All right, Chris. That family is cringe. There you go. All right, Chris. What what's your take? On the I disagree with you, sir, but I respect your right to say no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I I don't know. I first of all, I was happy that uh, I had an opportunity to Google every single one of the alternatives of one at a time. Uh, so I, any one of them would have been great. Seriously, right. any one of them would have been great. I think, and we just said we think Zoe. We believe she's going to be great. Uh, so I'm, I'm cool. Hey, either way, no matter what they did, I think I would have been fine. All the actresses that they had on the plate are fine, and I think they could have bought something to Catwoman. Me, if I had to pick, <laughs> I, I think Natalie Dormer. I think wow, Natalie Dormer. that's a good one. If I had, if I was thinking Catwoman, I, I've kind of been in love with her since the Tudors. And yeah. she's she can be a badass man. She was amazing on Game of Thrones. She really was. Yeah, she Natalie. Was. Yeah, this is this is the type of role that she would have shined and just I she's so. naturally kind of like very seductive and sly, and you can't tell her motives. Like she got sultry to her, and I, I just yeah, she would have she would have been slinking around and everything like that. And you're right, the motive thing would have been big. Is she really supporting Bruce yeah. or is she against Bruce? Yeah, I, yeah. I like. I mean. Hey, who knows? That doesn't matter. We got Zoe right now. But Natalie Dormer, if I have my fan cast, that's her. All right. Well, for me, out of the four women, I actually think that Zoe Kravitz, in terms of uh, acting skill and sort of a look, I think Zoe Kravitz is probably the best. But all of them look amazing. And I can tell that Matt Reeves has a good eye for talent, if you yes, know what you I mean. Good man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, very much like Paul, my second choice would have been Anna de Armas. Um, she also has, you know, that look and she can act. 
Ella Belinska, I've seen her act a bit. I don't think she's a very strong actress, but she has a, a great look. Isa Gonzalez, she has an amazing look too, but I've never felt that she's really a good actress. So I think that they really did make the best choice. If they had picked Ana de Armas, I'd have been very happy with that choice as well. Um, and sure. for me, my ultimate fan cast, the person that I think was born to be Catwoman is Ava Green. Ooh. Yes. If you remember, especially like how she played her character Vesper in Casino Royale. So good at Casino Royale. How she had that back and forth. That duality was great. Exactly. Like, I believe like if she was ever cast to play Catwoman, she would slay. And I think that because she's a little bit older, it would, she would have been perfect for Ben Affleck's Batman. But yeah, if he had remains, absolutely. Absolutely. It was all a dream. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So let's move on to some more of the casting. Now, there's been this whole topsy-turvy roller coaster with Jonah Hill. Um, Jonah Hill, he did a little double dutch, hop in, hop out. Uh, He seemed to be going to, you know, be either Penguin or the Riddler. And uh, finally, they say he's no longer going to play. And then just recently... Paul Dano, who was in Prisoners. He was also in Okja. He was in 12 Years of Sleep. He was in Swiss Army Man. Um, he's been cast to play Edward Nashton, a.k.a. the Riddler. So, Christian, what do you think of um, Jonah Hill not being in the film? And what do you think of Edward Nashton playing the Riddler? You know, we, we, we tend to, I think, react very viscerally immediately when we hear casting news. You know, we, we, we tend to, and I know I did it. I, I've been, I've been right sometimes and the casting has been, you know, really horrible. And I've been like, ah, I told you so. But most times, like nine times out of 10, I'm wrong. And the person who does it does an amazing job. I wasn't sold on Ben Affleck when they first said he was going to be Batman. I went to go see BVS and was like, yep, this guy's my favorite part of the movie. I, I loved everything he did. Um, so obviously if somebody can, if the story that they're getting the meat, if you will, that's on the bone that they're getting is good stuff. They and they can work with it and they're good. Basically, you know, they're a good performer. They're a good actor. They can make something out of it. This poor movie has been such a long time coming. Is it a reboot? Is it a prequel? Is it Ben Affleck? Is it not Ben Affleck? It is a standalone. It, we have, You know what I mean? It's been like up and down and back and forth and nobody knows what's going on. There's been this typical Warner Brothers scattershot approach. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're really surprised that Jonah Hill was in and out. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he was mm-hmm. in uh, negotiations broke down. He's out. You know, so I, you know, it's, I don't think anybody's really surprised at that right now. I mean, if we're just going to say, does anybody, by the way, remember Paul when he was in that Alicia Cuthbert movie, uh, um, Girl Next Door? From, yeah. Was, wow. He was That's in a like, classic. in that. Look, the guy's got, I know that movie aside, I've known that guy, not known personally, but known him as an actor for a long time. The guy's got some acting chops. I think it's, a, look, the Riddler should be, he should be a little mysterious. He should be a little bit smarter or at least on par with Bruce Wayne. He should sometimes be operating in the shadows. I think I, I saw somebody on Twitter today say he looks like just a vanilla white guy, but that's kind mm-hmm. of the Riddler, right? Like that's yeah. so let, let's give him a shot. Uh, he's got the chops to do it. Um, we, I just think that we are we are so viscerally lack viscerally reacting to these casting uh, announcements just like like that. Snap the fingers, mm-hmm. snap the fingers. Let's. Everybody take a breath. There's been a lot of stuff coming out and we just said we're we're supporting Zoe and Jeffrey Wright. Let's get behind this guy too. Let's get behind right. him too. So Paul, what do you think? 
Yeah, I, I like Paul Dano better than Jonah Hill. I was having a hard time picturing Jonah Hill. And, uh, you know, as I said before, my biggest concern is uh, I, I don't want this to turn into a comedy. And right now, you know, they're saying the right things. They're saying that noir, detective, thriller. Uh, and I think I think Paul Dano fits better. I like him. I like the look of him as the Riddler. Uh, you know, I, I didn't recognize the name immediately when I did a quick Google search. Uh, you know, as I said to you guys, he looks to me like a uh, like a soft Patrick Bateman, you know, so um, I, I, yeah. I kind of like it. I like the, the kind of psycho look to him. And uh, I, I think he'll be good in the role. And now I just kind of hope that they, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure the Riddler's not going to have a question mark on his chest. So uh, I, I'm hoping yeah. more for like a seven type of, uh, you know, that type of, uh, you know, almost maybe like a serial killer kind of mm -hmm. leaving riddles. Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of character, something dark, serious. Um, so, you know, hope for the best, but I, uh, I think the casting choice could work. And, uh, I, I think it's a better choice than Jonah Hill, to be honest. He's the uh, guy that can take that spin. Definitely. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you guys on Paul Dano being a good casting decision to play, uh, Edward Nashton. Um, a lot of people don't know him, but all I'll say is kind of like how Robert Pattinson has been, you know, making these small indie movies that require really good acting skill. He's been doing the same thing for the past couple of years. So at least, you know, you're getting a good actor. Um, Jonah Hill, on the other hand, to be sincere, I thought that he was the most prestigious and most competent actor that was attached to the film, to be sincere. Like, although he's done a bunch of comedy stuff, He's also done serious and dark stuff as well. Like if you've seen him in War Dogs, yeah, you would know that yeah. he can play a serious, wicked character. Like, and when I say wicked, I mean wicked, like evil. He's a bad guy. Yeah, he's a bad yeah, he's guy. He's a bad guy in that movie. Yep. Definitely. So, um, you know, I just wish that Warner Brothers did a better job revealing their casting. This is the old school way of revealing casting, where you know you let these news outlets do it like Disney does a better job. Marvel, the way they do it is they do it at special events. They make a big deal out of it. They make it an event for journalists and their fans, and they just drop like this huge nuclear bomb on all their fandom. But DC, they kind of let rumors come out, and they have instances like this where it's a little bit of a and embarrassment and things are playing out in the media. I wish that they were a bit more calculated and coordinated and made more of an event of casting news. And, and it, you know, it just you're comes right. up a bit Agreed. sloppy. Yeah, you're right. And it's it just um, right now, right or wrong, right or wrong. Um, you know, DC, I think Warner Brothers needs all the positive reinforcement that they can get mm -hmm. because a lot of their fans, we talked to Manu a couple of weeks ago, not that they've necessarily jumped ship. Some of them have, some of them have absolutely jumped ship, uh, but they're just expecting the worst immediately all yeah. the time. Every news that comes out, well, I'm expecting this to be garbage every single time. So they're fighting an uphill battle on a consistent basis with, by the way, some of the greatest IP in all of comics. Yeah. And they're still fighting an uphill battle. They're just, they do it wrong. Yeah, do it right. yeah, they need to. They need the to get their to marketing it. together. Yeah, yeah, they need to get their marketing, you know, into the twenty first century at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the next topic, and we're going to talk about the mythical Snyder Cut. Now we haven't talked a lot about the Snyder Cut on this channel, although we've broken some news on it. But um, we are very huge fans of 
Zack Snyder's work and we're supporters of the Snyder Cut. And it's been a very eventful week for the movement. So, you know, we thought that it would be a good time to, you know, collect all the news topics on it and talk about it. So this week, Zack Snyder himself did a couple of reveals on Vero for his fans. And also there has been some more positive uh, wide media support for the movement. So we'll start with Zack Snyder's reveals on his Vero. He revealed that Harry Lennox, who played General Swanwick, was going to be revealed as Martian Manhunter in the Snyder Cut. He actually like posted the, the film shots that he did for it. Um, and also he posted something of uh, Diana, aka Wonder Woman, in a uh, little hall with like this mural. And he captioned it with, at the end, Dark Side. So Paul, uh, talk to us about your reaction to this. What do you think about the Snyder Cut? Are you a supporter? Are you not? What do you think about these reveals? Oh, of course, of course I'm a supporter. Uh, I got to say, I, the Snyder Cut is still the the movie I'm most looking forward to of of anything. You know, it's it's been for three years now. It's it's the reason I'm I'm even on Twitter. So uh, same here. So it's uh, <laughs> it's totally changed the way I watch movies. It's uh, it's uh, you know it's everything to me. I trade uh, I trade the next three years worth of movies just to get the Snyder Cut. You know, so uh, and I'd scrap the entire future DC universe just to get the Snyder Cut. So. For me, this is the prize. No, this is so yeah. So this this was I mean this was a surprising reveal because you know he, he Snyder's revealed so much now through storyboards and uh, you know it it started to feel like some of the uh, you know the stories that have been broken you know the ones that, that you guys have broken the Ray Porter casting the uh, Peter Guinness casting the uh, the storyboards you put all the clues together you start to feel like you've you've got a pretty good sense of what's actually in the Snyder cut and then he pulls this storyboard out of of Lois and Martha sitting in uh, I think what turned out to be Lois's apartment um and then it appears that it's Martha that uh, leaves Lois's apartment shuts the door turns into Martian Manhunter and then morphs into General Swanwick and you know, uh, and his caption, I think, was pretty appropriate. I think it said something along the lines of "Bet, bet you didn't know this," and uh, uh, yeah, you know, I didn't. And and it raises so many questions. Where does that scene come into the movie? Uh, what's what's Martian Manhunter's role from that point on? Was Swanwick always Martian Manhunter, or is this just an identity he's temporarily assuming? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it, it just it raises so many questions, and it's. Uh, it's so interesting, you know. It's it's just one more reason to want to see this cut. And uh, you know, as Snyder said in the in the in his caption, he's he filmed everything except for the final slide with um, uh, was it Harry Harry Lennox Harry is the Lennox. actor's name, right? So so I guess it leads you to question, you know, if we get the Snyder cut, are we getting the whole scene minus Harry Lennox? Are we getting are we not getting that portion that transformation into Martian Manhunter? Uh, or do we, uh, or is he still going to try and get that in there? Either you know, as a last-minute shot, if Warner Brothers okay's it, or uh, you know, I guess you could probably CGI it for the two seconds he's probably in that scene. Um, but again, more more budget, so so many questions, right? And uh, moving over to the other one, the uh, the Dark Side post. I mean, I think we already knew that um, you know Dark Side was at the end of the film. Uh, now, whether or not 
Snyder specifically confirmed that or not. I guess that's his first time confirming Darkseid at the end of the film. He's confirmed Uxus in the uh, in the history lesson, but I think we knew from you know hints that Ray Porter had put out that uh, you know Steppenwolf's head rolls to Darkseid's foot at the end of the uh, at the end of the film, and and they're left staring at Darkseid through the boom tube, right? So, so I'm not sure if this is a new reveal. I'm not sure if he's saying at the end of the story that Diana's looking out of the mural, it's Darkseid, which I think we already knew as well. Uh, um, so I'm not sure if he's giving us new information, but it's one more picture. And, you know, for those that, uh, that doubt, we now have some, uh, official confirmation from, from the man himself. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Chris, what do you think? It's good stuff, Paul. I, uh, while I have not personally been an active supporter, uh, of the Snyder cuts, I'm not against it. Uh, I followed it a long time. If it were ever to get, re- if it was ever to get released, I'd buy it. I'd absolutely purchase it. Um, <laughs> I would. I absolutely would purchase it. I, if it's released in theaters, I'd go see it in theaters. If it's on, if we get it on Blu-ray, we get it on Blu-ray. That's fantastic too. Uh, the version of Justice League that we got was disappointing, uh, but it was the version of Justice League we got. So I've just kind of been like, you know what, I'm, I'm done. It's just time to move on to the next phase. Um, I have always believed that if you had let, if you had left Snyder alone to make his own movie, his own Justice League, it would have been fine. If you had left Whedon alone to make his own movie. It would have been fine. Whedon fans would have hated Snyder's version. Snyder's fans would have hated Whedon's version. That's fine. That's okay. We can all have that opinion. But the hate that gets shot in each direction at both of these men, whether you're pro Snyder cut or against it, is ridiculous. Um, I've I've definitely followed it now much more closely over the last few months than I did before. Uh, I know that there's a lot there's a lot of people that question what is the definition of the word cut? Is it his? director's cut is it the is it the version that he delivered to warner brothers that then would need editing afterwards things like that i believe it's the 214 minute version that we've that they that people have been talking about we know jason's seen it we know a lot of people know it's out there um so at this point i don't even think we can argue that the cut whether it exists or not it's there it exists it's what is the cut how much work needs to be done whether or not you support it right Mm -hmm. So that's that. So that that's the way I feel. I, I, I definitely am no Zack Snyder hater. Uh, I just am not one of those people that's out all the time fighting for it. Some of the stuff that we've gotten, I believe Zack has done a much better job recently, especially on Vero and things like that than before. When the Snyder cut was kind of this more mythical thing, he kind of seemed to take a step back, right? Mm-hmm. Now you guys are getting, as fans, you guys are getting more storyboards. Mm-hmm. You're getting all these posts and everything like that. Now a storyboard is a storyboard. We don't a hundred percent no. There are a lot of storyboards for Dark Phoenix, let's say, that never, ever were going to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so was this a hundred percent? Definitely. He did say he didn't get a chance to film that. So is that going to be in the cut? Maybe not. You know, it's not going to be in the cut, but it looked like he was going that direction. And if mm-hmm. he was, that fundamentally changes all of his interactions with General Swanick. Mm-hmm. Every single one. Every I, single one. Yeah. yeah, fundamentally changed. They, they completely change everything going all the way back to Man of Steel. Um, and that's really awesome if that's what he is. And, and Martian Manhunter is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, I don't like Supergirl really, but him being in that show is awesome. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you know, so I think I seen what Zach would have done with him, uh, whether you agree with Zach's the way he makes movies or not, I think it would have been something very different. And the final reveal, the thing that, you know, the, the shots that we're seeing with, uh, Gal Gadot now mm-hmm. gives us a much more intricate look at some of these designs from the past that don't look so cartoony. Mm-hmm. I would say in the justice league version that we got mm-hmm. and, and and it gives us an idea of the really more serious, more involved direction that Zach and his team were going down. Even if they did get studio interference, they were going in a much more involved direction. 
again, I'll repeat my, my lifelong disappointment after this will be look, the justice league is over. It's done, but it was just a Frankenstein's monster mess of a movie that they asked Mm -hmm. Joss Whedon to come in. He put his spin in on it and you can't mix his take with Zach's take. It doesn't work. It's like oil and water. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't work. And I understand if you don't like Whedon, I get it. I do. I think he's made good movies and I get it. If you don't like Snyder, that's fine too. But both of those men are extremely freaking talented and to take and to do what they did and slap Snyder in the face, use the death of his daughter and everything like that as an excuse is wrong. I hate every second of that. I don't like it at all. These things I think are giving you guys, especially the Snyder Cut supporters. I think they're giving you guys a lot of ammunition to Mm -hmm. go back to Warner Brothers and say, guys, do this. Mm-hmm. Do this because you even got people like me who are MCU fans turning around saying, "Yeah, I'm going to buy this thing. I'm going to watch mm-hmm. it." Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, the Snyder Cut it's it's very personal to me. There are many reasons why I support the Snyder Cut. For one, um, obviously, a huge Zack Snyder fan, and uh, I like what he started doing. So I want to see the story completed in the way that he intended. Secondly. The tragedy of him losing his daughter in that process, absolutely awful. And to have this compounded on top of it and just have such a torrid time in his life is just like, we just want to, you know, help him heal a little bit with that. Then also there is just the wider ideal of artistic integrity and artistic vision. Like I'm, I'm an artist at heart like you know i grew up you know like drawing and that's why i was drawn to visual arts and comic books and i love going to museums and i love you know uh conversing with artists and i just love i love art as a as a medium of communication and one of the things that's very important to me with artists is allowing artists the freedom to truly express themselves i know it's show business there's a show and there's a business but within that there is still room for artists to you know definitely have freedom and 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 you know tell their true vision and i feel like the fight for snyder cut is the fight for studios to know that when you have an artist let the artist tell their vision or else you're gonna get you know uh fans and you know customers patrons whatever you want to call you know the audience who are not going to be satisfied and are going to you know demand better of them so the Snyder Cut is my most anticipated movie in the future, in perpetuity, until it comes out. I'm going to be stomping. I'm going to be doing all I can to make sure that it comes out. And these reveals, you guys, you know, you've covered it. I think Paul did such an amazing job going over yes. them. Um, yes. It's it's Zack Snyder, you know, giving giving life, you know, to the to the movement. You know, if there wasn't a Snyder Cut, he would not. Be doing this so i think it's very encouraging for the movement and i think it's i think the reveals are just they're like mind-blowing i'm not sure what this cut is going to look like whether he'll be allowed to film more whether there's going to be more investment or we're going to get it just the way it is basically kind of finished but however it is i want it and i would prefer it to what we got that's just the well, absolute truth. and i think i think that's an important point to make you know i think i think we get we get caught up in these uh you know arguments about what does it mean to exist and, and chris you touched on that briefly i think what a lot of the detractors fail to realize is that we would gladly accept 
an 80% complete version or a 90% complete version. I think we're all in agreement that he, he told us 214 minutes for a reason. He's got a preferred yes. cut that's 214 minutes long. You give me those 214 minutes, if it's got storyboards in it, if it's missing mm -hmm. sound effects, if it's missing VFX in portions, I, I don't care. I mean, mm -hmm. I'd love to see it polished up, but I just want the story. And I, and he clearly has something in mind. I mean, if he mm -hmm. didn't want us to do this, he, he, he ends this with a sentence. Absolutely. You know, one post Absolutely. on Bureau said, guys, it's been a great ride. Time to give up. We mm -hmm. all stop. Mm -hmm. He's not done that. Uh, you look at the timing of this post. I mean, this is clearly done to support us at New York Comic Con uh, when, mm -hmm. with the billboard going up, right? He's mm -hmm. doing his I think so. I think his so. share to say, here, here's my contribution in trying to give us the ammunition. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I think, you know, segueing into the next, uh, you know, piece where we talk about, you know, Cinema Blend and, and, and um, those guys. I mean, we've been fighting, we've been swimming uphill, you know, uh, so long against against the narratives, right? And, and finally, the tide is starting to turn a little bit, where, where we've got a few check marks joining us, and and, yeah. and looking at us in a in a slightly more positive light. And and I think Snyder's really helping to fuel that, um, you know. And uh, it, it's just, uh, you know, he, he clearly wants it. He's got something in mind. I, I know people have said that he said not to worry uh, about the cost. Uh, some people interpret that interpret that differently, right? Does it mean it doesn't need additional money? Does it mean he has sources of funding secured? Does it mean he just wants to release it the way it is and he's, it he's happy matter. letting it out there? It doesn't, doesn't matter, matter, right? Just just get it out there. That's a distraction. Let's just yeah. get the cut. Exactly. Yeah. Let's just get it out there. If he's happy releasing it in whatever state it is, let's just get it. Absolutely. And there's 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 precedent for that too. You know, if you if you look in the past, I think what you guys are doing is extremely similar to what happened with the Donner cut. And the only yeah. thing that that's changed now is technology, right? Twitter, things like Facebook and and the internet and everything like that, and what we do with mobile. Uh, it, it's just the new letter writing campaign. That's all it is. Yeah. That's yeah. all it is. Sure. And and uh, and and if you can get the um, if you can get the masses and, and you can get a couple of, I know we're going to lead into this now in a second. If you can get some of the blue checks and some of the people that have been against this on your side to at least, even if they don't actively support it, but if they can stop hating, if they can just stop actively going against it all the time, that will go a very long way. That will yeah. go a very long way. And that segues perfectly into our next uh, topic of discussion. So there was a post um, in the, on the website, for the American Foundation for Prevention of Suicide, the AFPS, who the Snyder Cut has, you know, supported greatly, and we've all donated money towards uh, that cause in honor of, you know, uh, Autumn Snyder, who lost, you know, uh, her battle in life to suicide, and uh, also some blue checks uh, like Sean O'Connell from Cinema Blend and Paul Sherry from Joe Blow, who used to be against the cut, like strongly against the cut. They've done an absolute 180 and they're for the cut. Sean, Sean went on Twitter and, you know, publicly, you know, stated that he's done some posts on his website. Same thing with Paul Sherry. And he's also, you know, talked about it on his podcast. So there's been like a, a bunch of, you know, positive, you know, momentum in the media. So Christian, uh, tell us, what do you think about, you know, the positive, you know, media attention that the movement is getting? Absolutely. You know, Lupe, you and I have talked a couple of times on the pod uh, about tribalism, you know, and mm -hmm. what happens. And, and I think, unfortunately, in the early days of the Snyder Cup movement, that's what was happening, right? You mm -hmm. had the people that were the no's and the yeses. Mm -hmm. And all there was was this hate, 
Okay. That was going on. And, and if you supported the cut, you got trashed. That was mm -hmm. it in a story. And if I came out and said, oh, I didn't like Sucker Punch, then the cut movement went after me and said, well, mm -hmm. you hate Zack Snyder. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that needs to stop. And I think we're moving in that direction. It hasn't stopped yet. Mm -hmm. I think we all know it's still there. Mm -hmm. uh, but we definitely are moving in that direction. I think that when you get guys like Paul and I get guys like Nick that write these pieces, I think this is fantastic. There is zero reason for all the hate that's been lobbed back and forth at the, at the group. Mm -hmm. There's more than enough evidence out there for the 214 minute version. Let people enjoy what they want. That's number one. If you want, I don't care if people want to watch this. I don't care if someone goes to see Captain Marvel a hundred times in a movie. Mm -hmm. That's not my problem. Mm -hmm. that, enjoy it. That's what you like. Then go ahead and have fun. Go write WB a thousand times and say that you want this. That's right. You fight for what you want. It's that simple. That's number one. And number two, just to say something personal, you guys, I know I've talked to some of the members of the exiles about this. I suffer from depression. Okay. Mm -hmm. I tried mm -hmm. to commit suicide when I was younger. I failed. And that's good that I failed at, at trying Thank to commit you. suicide. Thank and God. it's a battle I fight every day. I still wake up to this day with suicidal thoughts. So mm -hmm. what, and, and that association is one of about five that my wife and I donate to already on our own every year, mm -hmm. uh, including the, the Salvation Army, American Cancer, there's a couple of others. I applaud what you guys have done. I hope you continue to do it. It touches my heart. I'm tearing up a little bit while I'm talking to you guys right now. And I, I, I thank you for what you do. I really mm -hmm. do. Uh, and and I, I may not be online all the time and saying, guys, I want the Snyder Cut. I want the Snyder mm -hmm. Cut. But no, when it comes to the suicide prevention stuff, I have your back 150%. I love you guys for doing it. And I am so happy that some of these freaking blue checks are finally shutting the hell up, mm -hmm. seeing the light. And not only just, even if they just back off, mm -hmm. you don't mm -hmm. have to support, just shut up yeah. and back off. True. True. Paul, tell us, tell us what you think. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it, right? It's 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 trying to shift the narrative, right? And, and the, uh, you know, and trying to have the, you know, our cause seen in a better light. And, uh, you know, obviously we have a a very valid cause that that we've been contributing to, and it's nice to, you know, that that's starting to be seen a little bit. Um, you know, Zach picked that story up that that blog that uh, mm -hmm. that Big D wrote. You know, Zach. Uh, Zach picked that up, retweeted it. I just checked it. It's got almost 17,000 likes, you know, so that's, uh, it's been seen, you know, uh, which is good. And, uh, you know, it's been, a, a, you know, slowly it's, it's, it's added up and it's a pretty substantial amount of, of funds that have, uh, that have accumulated there. So yeah, it's, it's, it's about a hundred thousand or over a hundred thousand. Yeah. I think it goes to 110. Yeah. It's over a hundred. So, it's over 100. you know, j just between that, you know, and, and, you know, even if we never get this thing, just, you know, just for for Zach to see how mm -hmm. many people, you know, love his work and want to see his work. I mean, it, it's got to be a vindication for him. And there's, Absolutely. you know, there's some victory in that. Right. Um, so so I think that's great. Um, you know, and, and it's just it's, you know, I, as you said, Chris, just having the check marks, not fighting against us is all we really need. If they want to pick up the cause, God, that's great. I mean, because how else? How else do you grow, right? Otherwise, we're in our right. echo chamber, you know. Right. And, and having a, having a couple of these guys turn and say, you know what, these guys aren't so bad. They got a valid point here, mm -hmm. instead of the usual condescension and dismissal and belittlement, right? So uh, it makes such a difference, you know. And hopefully, slowly that uh, that snowball will get turned around and rolling in the other direction, you know. Yeah, so, right. Uh, right. I think this is a, a great step, you know. Yeah, I, I think just the. The piece that Mick D wrote that was uh, hosted and highlighted in the AFPS site, like that really touched my heart. 
because like when Zach was hit with, you know, with tragedy, when his whole family was hit with tragedy, I mean, we all felt because one thing about Zack Snyder that a lot of people don't realize is that this is one of the best human beings ever. Like I posted something on my Twitter, uh, retweeting some someone who worked on his new film, Army of the Dead, talked about how he talks, to, takes the time to talk to everyone from the person who's at the top of the call sheet to like the lowest person, you know, who's just like a helping hand. Like that's the way Zach is. He has a passion for people. He's a good person. And so for his family to be affected by, you know, by suicide, like that affected all of us so much. And we felt, you know, so much empathy for him. And we almost feel like part of his family. So, I mean, for us to, you know, take on, suicide prevention as one of our causes for the movement just speaks to the quality of people in the movement and the sad thing about it is that in the media amongst you know bloggers and you know critics they've always you know kind of labeled snyder fans as you know toxic as terrible people as people without you know morals and people without good character and, you know, it's the complete opposite of that. We've always said it. It shouldn't have taken, you know, our association with uh, a good cause to make them see that. But I guess if that's how they see it, then, then so be it. But I've always said it, like, the people that you meet in this movement, Snyder fans, are some of the best people. The only reason why you see them online and probably, you know, getting a bit agitated and, you know, arguing with critics and stuff is because they just feel like Snyder gets bullied so much and someone has to stand up for him. And so the fans just take it upon themselves, you know, to be, you know, the the force that, you know, sort of fights for his honor and fights for his character and fights for his arts, you know. Mm. So it, it's it's been a good week in the media and um, I'm just, you know, really positive and it's, you know, given me a boost to see that, you know, what we're doing is going notice. Like, believe it, Warner Brothers may not have made an official statement, but there is no way that they are not seeing all of this. And we are shifting the tide. We are. And the Snyder Cut is going to come. I don't know when it's going to come. It may come next week. It may come next year. It may come in five years. But one thing I always say is, when you're fighting for something that you love, you don't get exhausted. People who fight for things that they hate get tired. But people who fight for things they love, they don't get tired. So eventually, think, we're going to wear them down. I think that's an important point. I think the people that have been very against it from the beginning, eventually, they're fighting just because they want to get clicks or that it's all about that clout, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. I, and we get that. But you guys are passionate about this. This is something that you really want. People really wanted the Donner Cut. Dude, when Family Guy went off the air, people really wanted Family Guy. I mean, yeah. when people passionately want something, they will continue that fight. And one of the things that you mentioned, I think is really important. Uh, every every fandom has bad fans. I don't care who they are. And mm -hmm. it's I'm an MCU fan. I see the stands go on the attack on a consistent basis. I've been attacked by some people in the Snyder Cut movement because mm -hmm. I said I didn't like Sucker Punch. Mm -hmm. It happens. It, I get that. People are passionate. They freak out. We all got bad fans. We need to try to separate that out we really yeah. need to there's there's people behind all of these movements whatever they are and there's very passionate people and who cares dude the donner cut took what 15 years or 20 years whatever it was you guys yeah. would know better yeah. uh, it took a long time for that to happen but it eventually did don't give up 
Yeah, Screw oh, no, that. we're not going to. Yeah, don't give up. Yeah, yeah. Come out of here. Not gonna happen. Yeah, not I agree happen. with that 100%. Go for it. Great. So that, that was that was a great, you know, talk, and that really got me uplifted. So now <laughs> let's go into our coming soon section, and we have four topics. So let's start with uh, something that is associated with Zack Snyder very much, Watchmen. So HBO is uh, releasing um, a Watchmen TV series. We're in the golden age of television, but HBO has been doing prestige TV for years. So I want to hear what you guys think about, you know, Watchmen, the graphic novel, you know, Watchmen is property. The Watchmen film that Zack Snyder uh, released and this Watchmen TV series, I want to know, you know, are you guys going to watch it? And then also, what do you think of the release schedule? It's going to release once a week instead of the Netflix, you know, binge schedule where they just drop everything at once. So, Paul, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Um, you know, I'm I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, you know, I think we've become accustomed to uh, pretty high production quality from HBO. Um, yeah. I think they must feel pretty good about it, putting it in their uh, prestigious uh, Sunday night time slot. Yeah. Um, I I like I like the weekly format for for the for the for the um, you know the, the shows you really really want to watch like the the Game of Thrones uh, those type of shows that. You know, even to a lesser extent, Westworld. Uh, I like the weekly format. Everyone can talk about it on Monday, uh, presume, you know, assuming you have HBO. Um, so, so I like that format for the shows that you absolutely have to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it works for this one. Um, you know, I I love the uh, I love the graphic novel. I love mm-hmm. the I love the director's cut of the Watchmen, the movie Snyder's movie. Um, you know, I. Uh, as I mentioned, I think when we were talking about earlier today, I went out and read the graphic novel in the in the lead up to the movie, and then mm-hmm. was not disappointed by the movie. So you know, I've never understood, um, never understood, but I've grown to accept the, the uh, divided takes of Snyder's mm-hmm. films and uh, and the way people, um, uh, I, you know, actually, I, I saw a very sort of uh, what I thought was a good quote about this film, and it said, uh, you know, it's going to be open to interpretation. It kind of holds up a mirror and lets you. Uh, um, you know, see what you choose to see. And I think that's always been sort of used against Snyder's films. Yeah. Uh, it seems like it's being used in a more positive light here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think because it's not Snyder, I think this is going to get praise. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope it's good. Um, you know, I, I hope it's not used to bash Snyder and put down his film, which I've mm-hmm. already seen happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just hope that that's minimized. But, you know, uh, I'm trying to block that out so I can enjoy the show because I got to mm-hmm. say it does bug me. The more I see people put this show up by bashing Snyder's film, the mm-hmm. more it makes me, the more it turns me off the show. So uh, I'm trying to block that out so I can still enjoy the show. Um, you know, last point, I would say that, uh, you know, as we know, it's set sort of 30 years post the graphic novel in a mm-hmm. more present day, an alternate present day, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from what I understand, the main threat is not, uh, is obviously no, no longer sort of the, uh, the nuclear threat, but right. it's white supremacy um, right. led by sort of this, cult of Rorschach that uh, misinterpreted uh, misinterpreted what Rorschach was about, mm-hmm. uh, which which is also kind of fitting because so many people seem to misinterpret Snyder's Rorschach, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so I'm curious to see how all that how that all all plays out. So I'm going in with an open mind, uh, cautious optimism, and uh, I just hope the uh, the media narratives don't spoil it for me. Yeah, Christian, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I I agree. I'm definitely going into it with an open mind as well. I like 
almost, I wouldn't say every HBO, HBO show, but a lot of their shows. Mm-hmm. And this weekly format, now Game of Thrones was an interesting show because it kind of started before binge watching really became a huge thing, mm-hmm. right? And then as the show progressed, Netflix became even more of a thing and binge watching really became part of our culture. But you can really drum up hype by by doing the the weekly, the weekly event yeah yeah, yeah. And, and just like paul said the water cooler talk on monday morning you know i think that's a really good way to do it sunday night is that prime game of thrones night they obviously have a lot of faith in this show uh or they wouldn't have chucked it there uh so i think that's good you know disney plus is going to be doing that with a couple of their shows too like the mandalorian which looks fantastic mm-hmm. that show's not going to be bingeable you got to wait mm-hmm. every week for that mm-hmm. show and i think that's a really good way to do it you can mix a couple of these shows and really turn them into events Mm-hmm. that way and i like that whether you have the hbo streaming service or you order hbo through your cable and you haven't cut the cord yet you're you're getting it the same way it's the same experience so i i really like that um i i what well, i didn't get watchmen the graphic novel immediately i was about seven or eight years old when it first came out so i got into comics in the 90s with x-men and mm-hmm. that's when i became a massive collector and i started reading mm-hmm. comics and everything so i got the mini if you want to call it a mini series i guess it was about 12 issues uh in the 90s and i still have those to this day i still wow. have my watchmen and they're they're wrapped in plastic and they are preserved mm-hmm. it was awesome as a teenager to read i was like this is cool man it's like kind of anti everything right it's like counter. <laughs> yeah you know i even from a kid i was into sci-fi and like alternate realities and stuff like that and that watchman was the ultimate ultimate you know alternate reality and and superheroes weren't exactly the good guys they weren't really seen as the good guys and they're flawed like you and me um so that was awesome and seeing it bought on screen in snyder's uh version of it and i remember going to see it with my wife and she didn't know what to expect and uh we both liked it it had it had its moments that I didn't – Snyder did such a fantastic job of transferring what was in the books to the screen. Mm-hmm. And he made it look like a comic book, which he's still one of the few directors that can do that, whether you like him or not. He he absolutely makes his movies look like the page of a comic book. So it had a couple of like cringy moments that probably shouldn't have translated well over to the screen. Uh, like, like the sex scene was kind of like <laughs> – mm-hmm. you know, a couple moments like that. But overall, it was visionary. Uh, it, it was something that hadn't been done before. And like Lupe and I were talking about the matrix and, uh, some of like the bullet time stuff that's been used in movies mm-hmm. now, even to this day, they're using stuff from that movie to this mm-hmm. day. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I don't see any reason why both, both versions cannot exist. Mm-hmm. I know the media narrative, like Paul said, might get in the way and there's no reason to bash Snyder in order for this to be good. And mm-hmm. there's no reason for Snyder's version to be good in order to bash this version. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me. That's what will happen. I think we yeah. all know that, yeah. that one way or another, both will get bashed and both will get loved for some reason. <laughs> and it will be the wrong reason. Right. Yeah. But they should both exist. This is a different take. It's a story that takes place in the Watchmen universe. It's mm-hmm. different. It looks exciting. It looks again, that counterculture, Robert Redford is the longest serving president uh, and stuff like it, it, it's going to be really interesting. And it, we have these issues going on with our current president and everything like that, whether you like him or not. There's a lot of political pain in this country. People, people are they're, they're fighting. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a lot of people fighting. Uh, and I think that it's very apropos right now that we're getting this particular the, the, this particular storyline. I will say that. Yeah, I will say that. I think it makes sense that this is the group that's the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, um, the Watchmen graphic novel, I read it when I was too young to understand it in the early 90s. And uh, obviously, you know, because it was recommended, like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Like, you know, you got to read, you got to read this. But bought it, read it, 
didn't understand it. It looked pretty whatever. I was obsessed with my spawns and my Superman, all that stuff. Because so, spawns awesome. That's yeah, why. Because yeah, you know it is. It <laughs> is. Why. It is. But spawn is no Watchmen. No, no, no it's offense. Not. No, it's no not. offense to any spawn fans. I I'm willing to die on that cross. Spawn is no Watchmen. <laughs> so when I got a bit older, and the Watchmen movie was coming out, I was like, damn, like I remember that graphic novel, blah blah. I got a brush up on it and I absolutely fell in love with it. I had, you know, more intellectual tools. I was more mature and seen life a bit more, understood, you know, the great areas of life. And, and that's what the book really deals with, the complexities of life. And so um, reading it, fell in love with it. And ever since then, I read it maybe once or twice a year. Like whenever I travel, I take it with me and I read it over again. I just absolutely adore it. The Watchmen film, I think, is an absolute masterpiece. It's one of those films that, you know, sometimes when I'm home and not really doing anything, I'll put it on in the background if I'm like cleaning or, you know, doing laundry or, you know, talking to my girl or whatever. And I just marvel at the craftsmanship of what Zack Snyder was able to make. In my eyes, it's an absolutely perfect film. To me, it's the best looking comic book film ever made. Um, that's where I stand on it. The Watchmen TV series, I'm absolutely looking forward to it. As you said, it's set in a different timeline, but in the same universe. And um, it's taken on these very political ideas. I find that, to me, I found that the Watchmen graphic novel and film are very political, but they're not very moral in terms of they're not particularly pointing you in one direction or another. Now, this Watchmen TV series seems to be quite moral in terms of the stance that it's taken against, you know, white supremacy. Obviously, it's going to take that stance, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, <I> hope. <laughs> um, and to me, that doesn't seem very Watchmen-y, but at the same time, I think what is very Watchmen-y about it is that it's a very bold and very strong um, take. Like this is this is something that's going to be controversial. This is something that's going to stir up emotions. This is something that some people are going to, you know, get upset and riled up about. And at the end of the day, that's the core of Watchmen. That's what bold, Watchmen. big ideas. Yep. So I can never hate on Damon Lindelof for what he's trying to do with this, and he's also making it contemporary. During the time that Watchmen was was made, it was about you know nuclear war, you know the Cold War, that was the political angst of the day. Today, sadly, it's uh, racial tensions and you know our the divisiveness you know yes. within our political life. Yeah. So. I'm looking forward to it, and I got to give props to WB slash DC because they have somehow willed and made Watchmen a thing. Watchmen was supposed to be, I mean, obviously Alan Moore wanted, wanted it to be a one-off thing that exists on its own. He hates the fact that there was a film. He hates that there's merchandise. He hates <laughs> that, you know, there's a TV series, whatever. It's completely fine, but I actually do like the fact that they're making it a property and they're making it a universe that's going to live <laughs> even beyond the graphic novel. Like I actually like that because I feel it's too, 
I know it's weird to say, but I feel like it deserves to to be this thing that people can tell stories in and can be used for bold ideas and to communicate, you know, um, by artists in the future. So I'm I looking think that's an interesting to- thought, man. I do. I agree with you. I think that's a yeah. really interesting thought that yeah. you can expand, um, you know, and I apologize for interrupting you, but you can mm-hmm. expand this world into something different. And sometimes that happens with a creator and they make something and they don't realize that it takes on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I think because Watchmen runs counter to our, you know, our universe, it's, it's an alternate universe and everything like that. And superheroes aren't necessarily altruistic, all good, uh, you know, all with little white halos above their head and stuff like that, uh, that they have flaws, just like the three of us. Um, I think that can make it much more interesting. So, yeah. uh, you know, and there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different directions that they could take this thing and why not turn it into a little bit of a mini universe? Why yeah, not? yeah. I think it's really cool. Like people are going to be able to, you know, like know Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. And if you tell people like, oh, you know, the Watchmen, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I know the Watchmen. That's that. You know, I think that that's really awesome. And yeah, I, I got to give WB props as custodians of of definitely the, of, of the IP. They've done a good job with fostering yep. it. And they've done it with care because everything they put out of Watchmen, the, the, the film and even it looks like this series has been of the best quality. So yep. fingers crossed this is going to be good. All right. So now let's move on to some trailer talk. Today we got, uh, not today, like, you know, the past couple of days. So <laughs> <laughs> we got the Bombshell trailer. And this is a, a movie about, you know, the fall Ooh, of, of, of Roger Ailes. Um, he was the, the the guy behind, you know, Fox News. And it stars Charlie Theron, Marco Robbie, Nicole Kidman, Kate McKinnon, Alice Eve, and a bunch of other really good. Um, actresses uh christian start us off what 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 are your thoughts on the bombshell trailer holy oscar talk batman i mean seriously this level of talent is crazy it's crazy and did you guys notice that charlize theron looks exactly like megan kelly like she talks like her acts like her walks like her i think there's going to be awards for that make incredible incredible nicole kidman looks incredible in it and we look, I know everything gets looked through a political lens right now. And underneath the trailer, I saw the I saw the left and the right going after one another already. <laughs> I already they were going at and then the right was saying, Oh, how come we don't have a movie about the left? And the left was saying, Well, that's because the right always does this. It, it, it was a constant. It doesn't matter. This is something that happened. And they mm-hmm. believed that it would make a good movie. That's it. And story and some other there'll be something else about the left as well that will come out that they will think will make a good story and it's the same thing for right now how about we just call it what it is it looks like a freaking fantastic oscar worthy movie with yeah. amazing talent i'm all in i'm yeah. all in so I, I don't even know what what much else to say except awesome job with with the casting on this one they look exactly like their real world their real world counterparts let's go i think it comes out in december right so yeah. Yeah. i'm in Paul, what do you think? Yeah, you know what? To be honest, I hadn't even heard of this when you brought it up. Uh, and, and so I had to go watch a trailer, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I, I mean, it's a great cast. Uh, the movie looks good. It's um, it, it's one I, I you know, I, I the trailer did its job. I want to see it now. Um, you know, will I get out to the theater and see it, or is this going to be one of those ones that my wife and I keep saying we should watch, and then two years mm-hmm. later we still haven't got around to it? Time will tell. But uh, – at this moment, I saw the trailer, I liked it, and then watched it. All right, cool. Well, I mean, for me, 
this was one that I had on my radar. But once I saw the the teaser, even I was sold. And once I saw the trailer, I'm all the way in the deep end on this one. Like for real, like, dude, this trailer, this seems like it's the mating call for an Oscar. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I'm telling you, like, if this is not nominated for a slew of Oscars, I would be surprised because, first off, the screenplay is written by the same guy who wrote Spotlights. Have mm-hmm. you guys ever seen Spotlight? Yeah. So um, I haven't. I just know. I know about it. Yeah. I, haven't, I just know the accolades. It, it won, exactly. One Best Picture, one screenplay, one everything. And um, this is the type of movie that Oscars are made for. It's about a very important issue, um, sexual misconduct in the workplace and the Me Too movement. We are all in agreement, no matter whether you're on the left, you're on the right, your political affiliation, that women need to be respected and treated, you know, with right. dignity Damn in right. the workplace. Um and it's coming at the right time. It's in the zeitgeist. And then it's got these incredible actresses. And it's a true life story, which is being dramatized. Like, this is, I, I can't wait to watch it. And from what I'm hearing from people who've you know seen previews of it, it lives up to all the hype. So this is something that you know we're all going to look out for. All right. So let's move on to the next one. Jungle Cruise. The Rock and Emily Blunt are going to be in this one. And it's based on a theme park ride. I can just hear Scorsese gritting his teeth in. Theme park ride. (laughs) And it's it's quite interesting because Disney makes movies based on rides. So Jungle Cruise, based on a Disney theme park ride. Also Pirates of the Caribbean, hugely successful, was based on a theme park ride. And they also make rides based on movies. So, you know, they were making like the Marvel movies or... Whatever the movies they make that are successful, they port them to their theme parks and make rides out of them. So once again, Scorsese was very right. Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> but now I will say this. This looked really good. Sorry. I just hey, I'm calling I'm calling it as I see it. This looked absolutely fantastic. And I know that uh it's kind of being made in the same mold as Pirates of the Caribbean. And I just think it looks like a really fun, like, you know, sort of adventure has that feel of, you know, like those sort of 1980s Spielberg, like classics. Obviously, it has a little bit of a touch of Indiana Jones uh, with Emily Blunt, you know, sort of being the explorer, but then with The Rock taking on the physical part of it. And it just, it looks, it looks fantastic. The VFX look really good. And I think that they have a hit on their hands. I really do. So Paul, back me up. Come on. Don't, don't leave me out here. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on this one. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I, uh, I, I know fun's a bad word, but, uh, but this looks fun. It, uh, Always not have fun. It, it, it's got a uh, Pirates of the Caribbean mummy kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, you know, a uh, maybe a little bit of Jumanji kind of, but but you know, a little maybe a little lighter, more in the the typical Disney Disney style. Um, so yeah, I, I think it looks great, and uh, you know they've incorporated a lot of elements of the ride. Now, um, if I didn't get myself canceled with my uh, with my hot take on the Bat Family, <laughs> we 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 are actually a Disney family. When when people at work want advice on a Disney vacation, I'm wow. uh, I'm the guy they come to, believe it or not. So wow. <laughs> good for I, you. I, 
we we've we've been there uh, i think six years running and uh wow. you know we we always make a point of getting down at the jungle cruise ride and uh so I thought they did a really good uh, job of, of, you know, kind of incorporating the rock as the as the wisecracking tour guide and uh, and incorporating even some elements from the ride, like the, uh, the the backside of water comment is one of their their typical jokes when you're on the ride, right? And you get the people this throwing floor darts at you. This dude, you know, you know, my goodness, you are so well versed in this. I thought you were joking. You're kidding. No, no, man, I'm, I'm not kidding, man. I love Disney. I mean, I mean, I All can't right. stand the MCU, and I hated the Last Jedi, but other than that, I, I love Disney. <laughs> uh, so yeah no it uh I, i'm looking forward to this one this is this is the kind of movie that uh you know bring the family to and i think it's going to be a good time cool all right chris what do you think you hate uh, it you absolutely <laughs> test it <laughs> i think you guys nailed it i mean doesn't the rock just look like he's having a good time all the time yeah like, yeah hey, whether it's jumanji or yeah i mean even if it was freaking skyscraper which wasn't even that good who cares yep. he was having a great time in that movie too I, 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 he just seems like he's having a blast and they did a good freaking job with at least the original pirates of the caribbean trilogy mm -hmm. uh and that was a good storyline and and you know it, yeah it was fun with johnny depp kind of just being a rock star if you will and being mick jagger and stuff like that and yeah I, I know a lot of those movies were carried by his charisma but they turned a freaking ride into a franchise so i don't know if they're going to do that with Jungle Cruise or not, but they certainly can. It, the movie just looks like your typical Disney family fun. Yeah, and it looks, it looks what's, good. What's wrong with that? Yeah, and I, I like the little nostalgia that they got going on with, it. like you said, the Indiana Jones and stuff. And it's uh, the, the the trailer made me laugh. Uh, I don't have kids, so I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be you know front row to go see it on opening night, but. Uh, I'll probably go see it in theaters. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'll probably go see it. Yes. Hey, hey, I, I went to see Dumbo by myself. Yes. That was another one. My uh, yeah, wow. my, my daughter thought it was good. Dad, my wife had no interest. So I'm like, forget it. I'm going. I'm going by myself. And I went to see went to see Dumbo and IMAX by myself. I loved it. There's nothing wrong in going to the movies by yourself. Sometimes it's no. really amazing. Gotta happen. Gotta happen. All right. Mm -hmm. So well, that's all we got. For the people today, we've covered all the topics. It's been a really fun, raucous discussion. Um, and with that, we're gone. I'd like to thank my road dogs in this jaunt through the apocalyptic wasteland. Chris, uh, tell the people where they can find you and where they can send all the hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me both on Twitter and Instagram at chart6363, chart6363. All right. And Paul? Uh, yeah, where can uh, I find you? Yeah, if, if if you love the Bat Family and you want to let me know, it's uh, <laughs> at underscore Paul underscore P. Uh, or if you want help planning your next Disney vacation, you could, uh, you could reach me there too. <laughs> and I've been yours truly. My name is Lupe. You can find me on Twitter and on Vero at Live Love Lupe. If you have any hate mail, feel free to send it to Chris or Paul, not me. Because I'm a very gentle flower and I break very easily. <laughs> So that's all we have for you guys. Remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, not be